0: Hello there and welcome into another edition of the Intersection Podcast with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Coming up, conversation from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando. John Soren, son of Evangelism Explosion International, and the radio feature Share Life Today discussed the outreach through which people are coming into a saving knowledge of Christ. Learn more coming up. Then, Jana Harmon of the C.S. Lewis Institute and the host of the Side B Stories podcast shared about how atheists are coming to Christ, realizing that putting faith in Jesus does not contradict their intellect. And on this edition of The Intersection, noted Bible teacher Carol McLeod provides perspective about the authority and reliability of God's Word. Finally, John D. Girolamo has been a police officer and has become an advocate against human trafficking. He also has an understanding of how predators operate and desires to keep children safe and their parents informed. His observations based on experience are coming up. This is The Intersection, of production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. John Sorensen is president of Evangelism Explosion International and host of the radio feature Share Life Today, which is heard regularly on Faith Radio. At the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, he discussed the importance of Christians being equipped to share their faith and related about the effectiveness of the ministry he leads. From that meeting house conversation at NRB 2023, This is John Sorensen. If you came to Christ as a child, so five years old, six years old,
1: seven years old, chances are you're not going to have this big story about before you came to know (laughs) Jesus and what your life was like. So it it depends a little bit. But let's say you're like me and that you came to Christ uh, as an adult. I was 26 years old. I was actually working on rock and roll radio in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, a guy asked me two of the greatest questions that I've ever heard and and then he shared the gospel with me and you know those two questions do you know for sure you're going to heaven I said no and then the second one was what would you say to God if he said why should I let you into my mm-hmm. heaven mm-hmm. and my answer was well I'm trying to be good I hope the good things I do outweigh the bad things. this is the most common answer that you hear to those questions yeah. well then this man shared the gospel with me and my life was radically changed so in fact I got up the next morning and I said, I didn't even feel the same. And so little by little, my story changed that day, you know, before I can tell, and so now I might have a thousand testimonies because God's made so many differences in my life, you know, but one I would would share with you is like in my story, the question you'd ask is, what is the big deal? What has changed about you because of your relationship with God? And um, so I'll give you one example. I actually used to be absolutely petrified of dying. I was mm. petrified of dying. My granddad uh, died. I loved my granddad. I didn't go to his funeral because I was so afraid to deal with death. My, my dad died when I was only 21 and watching him go through the process scared me so much because of how afraid he was of mm-hmm. dying. And so, I mean, I literally would shake if, if, if I had uh, any serious conversation about death. Then this man shared with me the greatest news I ever heard. And Bob, I got to tell you something. I'm not afraid of dying anymore. In fact, that very week, that fear of death left me. Um, I was on an airplane on Friday. Now, this, some some might say, John, you're sensationalizing this. I'm not. I promise you, this is the absolute truth. On I came to Christ on a Monday morning. On Friday, I was on an airplane going from Chicago to Newark, New Jersey. We get up in the air, The pilot comes on and he says, folks, I'm sorry, but I've got some very bad news for you. We don't have any hydraulic fluid. I I don't. You you need it to put the landing gear down. You need it to hold the landing gear down. He said, I don't honestly know what's going to happen. I'm not joking. The, the pilot of this airplane said, if you're a praying sort, now's a really good time. And people started panicking all around me. And Bob, I'm sitting there in this chair and I and I start laughing out loud because that was the moment I realized I was no longer afraid to die. Now, I didn't want to die that day. I, and I didn't. I'm glad that they figured out how to land the airplane. And I'm glad that I was able then to share the gospel with this gal that I was dating, who's now my wife. And uh, yeah, anyway, uh, Bob, THAT. I absolutely knew for sure that had I died that day, I would have gone to be with Jesus. And Mm -hmm. having, you can see now by me just sharing with you that simple testimony, how easy it would be for me now to say, can I ask you a question? Have you come to the place in your life that, where you know for sure that you have eternal life? It's very Mm -hmm. easy for me once I've shared a personal testimony. And so we teach people how to, and there's all kinds uh, of things that God's done in your life. testify, you know, truthfully, the the Bible says that there's this fruit that the Spirit has in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. There are testimonies that you could share along every one of those things. You're able to love more than you ever could have before. You're able to, you have joy that you didn't have before. You have peace when it doesn't make sense. You have, on and on you could go about the things that God has done in your life. And when we, especially in today's world, This idea of sharing a personal story is so compelling that literally young people will stop talking and lean in to listen to what you're going to say if you're going to say, I
0: can testify to the reality of God in my life. John Sorensen from Evangelism Explosion International here on this edition of The Intersection Podcast. You can find out more at sharelife.today. Next up on this edition of the Intersection Podcast from the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando, teaching fellow for the C.S. Lewis Institute in Atlanta, Jana Harmon, who hosts the Side B Stories podcast, which features stories of atheists coming to know Christ, shared information based on her research and the book she has written called Atheist Finding God, unlikely stories of conversions to Christianity in the contemporary West. Here now from that NRB conversation is Jana Harmon.
2: I think there's a a really horrible misconception, isn't there, about religion and that it is for those who are not very bright. In fact, one of the most telling statistics in my study is I asked not these former atheists what they thought of when they think of Christians. And I gave a lot of different responses. One of them was educated and not one person, not one former atheist during their atheism thought that Christians were educated people. And I think that's it's such a shame. Yeah. But um, there there is this strong misconception about faith itself. That they they believe that faith is blind, that faith is in the face of opposing evidence, that you believe the things you know are not true, and that's a there mm. through the new atheists. Um, there's a lot of again just misconception that faith is based upon reason, and that we have good reason to trust faith. I see is trust in something you believe to be true, and you're making a. a an assumption off that truth so uh, but you're right if someone was willing to look it doesn't take much to see that the Christian worldview is actually an extremely rational Mm. view of the world in in fact a lot of my uh, the people that I've interviewed who have been former atheists they move from atheism because they see that a godless worldview does not explain well that the world outside of ourselves or our own humanity the world inside of ourselves it's only and in fact many of them became very disillusioned with their godless perspective and its lack of ability to explain Mm. what they're seeing in the world and what they're experiencing in their own lives. And when they look at the Christian world, they they can make sense of reality. They can make sense of themselves and the world around them. They can see how science is actually and the heavens, you know, really do declare the glory of God. And when you really open your eyes to look, all of reality actually... Um, is an apologetic for for mm. the person of God and what and and Jesus Christ and the things that we believe. We make most sense of reality um, through the Christian worldview. So, for those who are intellectually honest, they can see that faith is very robust for the thinking person.
0: You're listening to Meeting House here on Faith Radio, the author of the book, Atheists Finding God, Unlikely Stories of Conversions to Christianity in the Contemporary West. Jana Harmon, teaching fellow for the C.S. Lewis Institute based in Atlanta. Joining us today, it's the National Religious Broadcasters Convention 2023 in Orlando. So as we think about these various stories, and again, for the book, you studied 50 atheists and their conversion journey. So, you you talked about the realization of so many of these former atheists that, well, the Christian worldview is intellectually plausible. It does make sense. It helps to provide answers for the current reality. So, what did you find generally was the, the path or the tipping point that someone encountered in order to cause him or her to receive Christ?
2: That is the million dollar question, right? What what does it take for a resistant person to become Mm -hmm. open to even see the evidence for what it is? There's a, it, it, of course, again, depends on the person, but there were certain patterns that I did see. Uh, what we're looking for is what will disrupt someone's life enough to cause them to become open or dissatisfied with their own life to look elsewhere.
0: Jenna Harmon here on this edition of The Intersection Podcast. You can find her online at sidebstories.com. This is The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can learn more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming menu at faithradio.org. Through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on The Intersection as well as the Meeting House radio program. You can also find that Media Center in the faithradio.org programming menu. Also through the Meeting House homepage, you'll find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as its Apple podcast feed, You can also find a link through the Meeting House homepage to the Faith Radio YouTube channel where you can view conversations with recent Meeting House guests, including recently added content from Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2023 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando. Also, through MeetingHouseOnline.info, you can find links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is MeetingHouseOnline.info. You can also find content through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Search for Faith Radio Podcast through Amazon. Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn and other podcast platforms. This is the Intersection Podcast with the author of the book Timeless, The Living and Enduring Word of God. Her name is Carol McLeod, and in our recent conversation she highlighted the reliability and authority of the Bible based on the book of 1 Peter. Here now is Carol McLeod.
3: First of all, Peter is my favorite disciple. I I love Peter. Whenever I say that, Bob, I feel like I need to say, sorry, John. But I love Peter. And I think it's because I'm so much like him. Peter was impetuous and opinionated. He slept when he should have been playing, praying. Guilty. I have done that, too. Um, Peter thought he had a better idea than Jesus. Guilty. (laughs) I have done that, too. He denied the Lord three times. But... Peter was also the only disciple who said on the stormy sea, Jesus, I want to do what you're doing. In the middle of a storm, Jesus, I want to do what you're doing. And that's the kind of woman that I want to be. Um, so Peter changed. He matured. He went from being a denier to a proclaimer. Um, he, he went from um, winning arguments To winning souls for the kingdom of Jesus. So how did Peter change? Well, Bob, I I think there are two things that caused Peter to change. First of all, he experienced the resurrected Christ, and that will cause any of us to change, right? Mm -hmm. And he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And those two experiences will change anybody. And so I love digging deep into the writings of Peter and discovering what he said to a battered, bullied, and bruised church, because that's the church of today as well.
0: Yeah. So what do we learn about, as the subtitle suggests, the living and enduring Word of God as a result of reading Peter's writings in this book of First Peter?
3: Yeah. So when I say the living and enduring word of God, Bob, I'm referring to 1 Peter one twenty-three, mm. And it says, for you've been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. And so as believers in Jesus Christ, the Father didn't throw us out into this um, war zone of planet Earth and said, okay, you're saved, now do it on your own. No, he gave us a blueprint. He gave us a battle plan that's timeless and enduring, that never changes, that when, when the Holy Spirit, through the pens of men, spoke these words thousands of years ago, they're still applicable today. You know, the Bible is not a flat book. You know, Bob, I was an English major in college, and I think about, you know, I had to read Beowulf. Like, you can't, you no, know, Beowulf is supposed to be <laughs> the most incredible poem ever written. You can't even pronounce it. it. It didn't last the test of time. I even think about Shakespearean sonnets. Like, all the these and thous and mischance and hither and thither, they didn't stand the test of time. But the word of God did the bible is timeless it's always active it's always applicable it's always pertinent and we have to solve that um conundrum in the church today there are so many churches bob who don't believe that the bible is living and enduring (laughs) Mm -hmm. they believe that it sort of passed away with the disciples or whatever no no the bible is god's blueprint to his church today.
0: Carol McLeod here on this edition of The Intersection. You can find her online at Carol McLeod, that is spelled M C L E O D Ministries.com. Finally, on this edition of the Intersection podcast, it's former law enforcement officer and anti trafficking advocate, John D. Girolamo. In our recent conversation, he highlighted information regarding the behavior of online predators and provided direction for Christian parents based on his book, It's Not About the Predator A Parent's Guide to Internet and Social Media Safety. Here now from that conversation is John D. Girolamo. Places like Facebook um, are are less
4: popular with teens yeah. than they were a decade ago. So now you've got sort of TikTok, Snapchat, um, Kick. Uh, those are those are the um, those are the most popular ones. And if if you go to the the, the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, they'll have uh, what they call the Dirty Dozen, which. Uh, which means that these sites are, uh, they have links to pornography, links to um, to kind of other kinds of nefarious uh, groups, and they're, all those ones that I just mentioned are listed on the Dirty Dozen, because Snapchat will tell you, we don't allow these kinds of things, we don't allow, you know, pornography to be sent or links to pornography, et cetera, but, these, these links go up and down so fast that no one can, can really monitor them. Mm. And, you know, parents may have a false sense of security thinking that, um, you know, that there's really regulation. It's really the wild, wild west. Wow. Um, and un- unfortunately, the kids are the ones that are, um, are going to be most hurt. You know, they, the, this, uh, this nonprofit, this national nonprofit, did a study on kick. Um, which is really popular, say the 10 to 15 year old. And they would just, uh, they did a report and they, they would type in words like fun. And it was one click away from pornography sites. So imagine if somebody typed in something more um, risque, for example. So, you know, and pornography is a huge issue because now the average age of viewing pornography is about 10 years old. Oh my and that age, the brain is not formed clearly, it really gives you this warp sense. And you know sometimes a 10-year-old might be looking for that on purpose. Many times they just stumble across it. And, and the next thing you know, um, they're just kind of lured back in. And these sites will do, you know, like Disney characters, things like that. So the kid, it starts out with, um, something that looks very innocent, but it gets very bad very quickly.
0: You have the opportunity to speak to public schools, private Christian schools. You cover a lot of these topics. You deal with a number of Christian parents. Tell me what you've found to be some practical steps. If this material that you've been sharing has been disturbing to those that are parents of teen, teens and even younger in our audience today, please give them some direction and encouragement as far as some concrete actions they can take to protect their kids.
4: Sure. So, you know, we've all been to a restaurant and we've seen a four year old playing with an iPad or a phone or something like that. So first thing for parents of young kids is don't do that. Uh, Don't get them hooked on a screen um, when they're young. And when they're getting older and you know, maybe they go to soccer practice or a friend's house, you can get things, uh, they're called dumb phones as opposed to <laughs> smartphones. And these, these phones, um, very restrictive, can't send pictures, can't get pictures, doesn't have internet access. But if you want to send a text to the parent that says, Hey, practice is over. You can pick me up, etc. Um, those are, those are very good for, for that. The overriding, um, you know, advice is, is you've got to have these conversations with your kids at all ages, whether they're four or 14, obviously there's age appropriate discussions, but you've got to, um, have these discussions that there are, you know, bad guys out there. There are other teenagers that could be pressuring, uh, pressuring you for, um, you know, like sexting type of pictures, which is something that happens in both middle school and high school. And you've got to back it up with your Christian values and your sort of, a, you know, Christ-centered view on sexuality and, and be able to explain that uh, out there to them. Um, and, and that's kind of this umbrella. You know, you, know, you can be very practical with, um, you know, time limitations is absolutely something you should do. You as the parent need to be the parent, not the friend. Check their phone. Check what's going on. And, and making sure that, um, you know, no one is in this private chat room. And so, and, and I would limit the number of applications that they, that are allowed on their smartphone.
0: John D. DiGirolamo here on this edition of The Intersection. You can find out more by going to itisnotabout.com. Well, we are nearing the end of this week's edition of The Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by going to the programming menu at faithradio.org. You'll find a Meeting House link through that menu. When you go to the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center, the place you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast and the Meeting House radio program. You'll also find links to the Intersection podcast as well as the Faith Radio YouTube channel. Two blogs are accessible. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. The other is The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Thanks for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.